Hello, I'm Jess Nix, the Absolute Empowerment Coach. Welcome to my podcast. I'm a certified life coach, NLP master, and creator of the D-Bitch Your Brain methodology. I do the deep and I do the silly, because life's about balance, right? I call the inner critic the bitch, and there's a bitch for every emotion or theme in life. Your bitch keeps you stuck. She keeps you doubting and makes you feel like you're the only one when the reality is we all have a bitch in our head. The good news is there are endless ways to shut her up and to experience more confidence in life. And I'm going to talk about them all with my guests, calling upon their wells of wisdom, fueling your tank with self-belief in the process. Let's get to it. I see your true colours, that's why I love you. This episode is going to delve into the colours of your mind. After chatting to my hypnotherapist last week, I got to thinking about a powerful question that kickstarted my NLP and coaching journey. NLP being Neuro Linguistic Programming, which I will crudely summarise as the art of creative communication, but I will dig into this a bit more later. So this life-changing question, it seems like nothing now. But back then in 2016, it was exactly what I needed to be asked. It totally shifted my mindset. It totally changed how I related to my emotions. The question was, what colour and shape is your anxiety? Having never been asked a question like this before, my brain was like, um, sorry, what? Immediately, I saw my anxiety as a kind of spiky grey ball of wire above my head in such a tangle I couldn't even see where it began. Wow. (laughs) No wonder I felt crappy and on edge with that weighing me down. And suddenly I felt lighter. The constriction in my chest, the tightness in my shoulders seemed to have edged off a bit through turning the emotion I was experiencing into a concept giving it an identity separate from my own. It was as if I was smoothing out the spikiness and turning it into a soft, delicate pink, putting it outside of my body, made it seem like it was no longer mine. That's why I don't say my anxiety these days. And it's why I came up with the D-Bitch Your Brain methodology. Giving your emotions an identity that's separate from you understanding your thinking and behaviour becomes so much easier. Plus, the bitch thing makes it fun. And there is more than enough earnest self-help around for shizzle. Enter the magic of NLP. The language of your mind is different to the language of your tongue. It's made of concepts and colours and sounds and tones, memory, abstract notions, vibrations, sensations... Your senses build your reality, your internal representation of the world outside, and your submodalities are the building blocks of your senses that shape this reality in your head. For example, if you picture someone you love, how is this concept represented in your mind? Is it in colour or monochrome? Is it tiny or bloody massive and right up close? Is it hard to focus on the image or is it crystal clear? Are there any sensations in your body while you're thinking of it? Let's take the example of anxiety again. What happens if I change the shape of it from a spiky grey mess? What happens if I smooth it out? 
or shrink it so that I can't actually see the mess or make it bright yellow and wobbly. By playing with these concepts, the submodalities in my mind, I am changing the meaning of anxiety. Because to me, yellow is not the same as grey and wobbly feels very different to spiky. Like those pictures that have 20 different things hidden in them and depending on your mood you will see an old lady, a chicken, a mouth or whatever, your brain can also make one thing mean a bunch of different things. So many things! The way your brain interprets the physical world relies on this stuff too. Just like the files on your desktop, the brain loves a shortcut, which is why when you go to the pub with a mate, well, in the old world, you will recall different bits of information from the experience than your friend. You might remember the music and that there was different stuff playing in the toilet and the super friendly staff, while they remember that the walls were painted a very dark red. Were they? You think? Struggling to recall? Meanwhile, your mate didn't even realise there was any music playing. They thought it was just the buzz of a busy pub. We humans live so much in our emotions and not in our true selves. Our true self is the part of you that can recognise the emotion for what it is and has the ability to step back. And often we are so drenched in our emotions, we are walking balls of wet misery or hot anger or bouncing joy. A whopping 95% of your thoughts and behaviours are unconscious, right? And again, 95% of your thoughts and behaviours are unconscious. Have you ever walked past someone and thought, Jesus, they are having a bad day because their negative energy just crept under your skin, giving you the shudders? Or have you found yourself smiling at a stranger because you just couldn't help yourself? We live from a place of reaction, as if we ourselves are the overwhelm. We are the freakouts. We perceive everything that happens as something to add to the overwhelm. If we are living in anger, then every fucking thing fucks us right off. I want to drop a stoic quote in here from Marcus Aurelius, and I'm going to imagine that he was inspired by any of the great female stoic thinkers, thinkers? by any of the great female stoic thinkers who have eluded our history. But of course they existed. They just weren't written about behind every great man and all that. Anyway, he said, if you are pained by an external thing, it is not the thing that disturbs you, but your own judgment about it. And it is in your power to wipe out this judgment now. So um, maybe I'll read that one more time without the silly voice. If you are pained by an external thing, it is not this thing that disturbs you, but your own judgment about it. And it is in your power to wipe out this judgment now. Meaning it is your thoughts about the circumstance, about the person, about the thing that is the issue here, not the actual thing itself. So if you are doing overwhelm because you believe you're running out of time, working from home has you creating never-ending post-it notes with all the things that you have to do, when all you really want to do is figure out what the hell you're doing with your life because you have no idea which way to turn, you have no idea which thing to choose, you don't even know what you want to be. Sound familiar? Yep. This is a common one with my clients, not having enough time to work everything out, to get things done 
to create the life that you actually want. The advent of the wristwatch and then the iPhone meant that those precious digits are always with you. Tick, 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 reminding you. Time is running out! It's not running out. Time is emotion. But that's another episode. But it's like Marcus Aurelius said, it's not the thing. It's not the watch or the phone or the working from home or the post-it notes that cause your feelings of overwhelm. But quite simply, what you make it mean with your thoughts in your head. What your A to Z is showing you about the thing. How your brain interprets all this stuff codes your internal reality and sends a bleeper message to the whole body saying, oh my God, we're going into overwhelm. Pull out the stops, pull out the stops, pull out the stops. We're going into overwhelm. We've got to get this shit done. I don't know about you, but if I'm feeling panicked, I am not productive. The two things do not exist in unison for me. They are not getting jiggy. Have you ever been late when you're getting ready to leave the house? Suddenly you find yourself tripping over your own feet. You can't find your phone and then trying to put the key in the door. It's like your motor skills have completely escaped you. Uh Uh-huh. That's because panic and productivity repel each other. You want to know what time it really is? It's time to wake up. And I don't mean beep, beep, the alarm is going. I mean, it's time to smarten up with your thinking. It's time to raise your awareness and get to know the real you. The one who makes the world mean, oh my God, oh my God, I'm doing overwhelm. I'm so anxious. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Stop faffing around on the surface and go check out the giant iceberg that is your unconscious mind. To recognise your patterns is to recognise how you're making your A to Z of the world small and black and white, when it could be full of many more pages, options and a colour palette to make Andy Warhol jealous. A thought is a sentence in your brain. There are a bunch of studies about how many thoughts we have a day. Some saying as many as 80,000. But a new study in 2020 from some clever folk at Queen's University in Canada now think it is just 6,200, describing their method as measuring thought worms. I initially took this to mean like earworms because we often think the same thing over and over, ergo making 6,000 a more realistic number, taking into account that our brains love being a stuck record. You're never gonna get this song out of your head. But no. It means (laughs) where one thought begins and another thought ends. How does it make you feel knowing that you only have 6,200 thoughts a day compared to the old estimate of 80,000 thoughts a day? Hmm. I guess it depends on what you make those numbers mean, right? Calming that there's (gasps) 6,200. Or worried. You might miss something without the 80,000. Ah. Anywho, an emotion is a sensation in your body. It's your nervous system reacting to what you subconsciously tell it. Although the brain is smart, it doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination, which is why thinking about rubbing a slice of freshly cut lemon on your tongue will make your mouth water <laughs> and thinking about Crossing the finish line of a race makes you feel really proud, even even if you're having a beer as you think it. We get stuck in what I call the thought-feeling continuum. You think the thought, I don't have enough time, 
which makes you feel anxious. The sensations of anxiety equal a sped up heart rate, tense shoulders, which make you think, I don't have enough time. The sensations increase, your breathing becomes shallow and it's all getting worse and you can't stop thinking that you don't have enough time because everything in your body is moving so quickly and things are becoming a grey blur. And this is how panic attacks happen. Been there many times where I have been utterly convinced that surely my body, my mind is going to implode, explode, splatter into a billion pieces. Not fun. Naughty thoughts feeding the feelings and uncomfortable feelings feeding the anxious mind. Ergo, the thought-feeling continuum. Guess what? You can change what you make things mean, just like I did with those feelings of anxiety back in 2016. Yes, the brain has the capacity to change its neural pathways, mean that you change your relationship with your emotions. It's possible to put space between your emotions so that the suffocating grip of anxiety lessens and the sensation of overwhelm seems to shrink. This is how I changed my relationship with my anxious bitch. I gave her an identity separate from my own. She's got a whole colour palette. I know what she sounds like and she is not part of my identity. Sometimes when the anxious bitch pops back for a day trip or she pops back for a brew, I'm like, ah, hello, anxious bitch. I'd love to say it's nice to see you. It's not really, but I'll tolerate it. Would you like to come in for a cup of tea? Do sit down next to me, not in me. Thank you very much. Enjoy your tea. Chill the fuck out and piss off, will you? Thanks. Right now, stop making your emotions part of your identity. You are a human experiencing overwhelm. You are not overwhelmed. Hello, nice to meet you. I'm overwhelmed. No, you're not. Your overwhelmed bitch may have taken over operating your meat machine, but you are not your emotions. If your overwhelmed bitch is making a scene, address her separately. Put some space between you and her so that you can see what she is up to so that you can see her true colours. This week, if your overwhelmed bitch makes an appearance, or any bitch for that matter, because there is one for every emotion, have a think about what she would look and sound like. Getting into the habit of making your emotions separate from you is a healthy habit that is worth investing in. You might want to get your pen out, maybe jot down a paragraph, write about what she looks like, how she behaves, what situations she gets herself into. Imagine that you're creating a biography. Where did she come from? What is she like? What is she not like? What does she need? So many questions! (laughs) But maybe just start with giving her a name and a silly voice. The magic of NLP runs far deeper than considering the mind as a paint box. It helps you understand yourself in a way that can take your results from average to excellent. Or put another way, it helps you experience life in the richest way, making the most of your uniqueness and harnessing the power that is your birthright as a human. It is another tool for your empowerment box. Right, Gangaroo, until next time, remember your thoughts are just fiction of the mind. 
If you're loving what you're hearing on this podcast, then please share it with someone who you reckon needs to hear it. Then come on over to my website, jessnicks.com, and sign up to my mailer to keep you in the loop with all things empowerment and debitching your brain. Give me a cheeky follow on the gram at jessnicksCoaching. Until next time, remember, your thoughts are just fiction of the mind. Bye-bye now.